Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, and I've used my Move the Ball system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. Jen Garrett here. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, this podcast is all about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. This episode is part of my special Behind the Pros Trainer Series, where I'm interviewing performance trainers who coach professional and college athletes, get players ready with workouts in the off-season and with combine-specific training, and who just help athletes to perform at a higher level. And I wanted to incorporate this series into the podcast because whether you are a pro athlete or an all-star player in the game of life, we all need coaches and trainers to help us advance, to move the ball, and to reach that next level both on and off the field. So for today's episode, I've got one of Houston's elite pro trainers with me, and he's definitely someone who knows how to help his athletes improve their performance and stay competitive at the pro level. Inside the huddle with us today and ready to share his insights and his experience is Jay Sutaria. Jay is a performance trainer and founder of STF Houston, where he provides sports training, performance training, and group training, among other things, to individuals and athletes of all levels, including pros such as with the NBA and the NFL. Some of the NBA players Jay has trained have been Dwight Howard, Robert Covington, DJ Augustine, Eric Gordon, Jayshon Tate, Gerald Green, and Carson Edwards. And then on the NFL side, some of the guys that he has trained include Tyron Matthew, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, and Deontay Foreman. Jay, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks so much for being with us today. I really appreciate you making the time. I know we've talked about having you on the show, and I'm just glad that we're making it happen today. So where I want to start off our conversation is just talk to us about how did you get into the world of training? Well, so I went to the University of Houston, and I was at my undergrad and my bachelor's was in exercise science, kinesiology. And the intent behind that was to go into the physical therapy realm. And at the same time that I was taking courses at University of Houston, I signed up for a program to my dad's I took my dad's advice and he said, Look, you're always in the gym. Have you ever thought about helping others out in the gym? And I said, What do you mean? And he said, Well, if you look at being a personal trainer while you're in college to make some extra money too. So I took his advice, I did it. I signed up for a six month, five hundred hour course that was very specific to just training. And when I finished up that course, the instructor that trained me needed help. He needed an assistant instructor, basically, on staff. And so I became an instructor for the program while still training at the University of Houston. And it was in that class that we had a student that was a physical therapist from England. And while working with her, I saw how one-dimensional physical therapy really is. It's rehab, and that's it. Especially 11 years ago, there was no crossover between physical therapy and sports performance. So I said, you know what? I don't want to do just physical therapy. I want to be kind of like a jack of all trades. And so I'm going to stay with the personal training route and hopefully increase my client base and not just how many clients I have, but the quality of the clients that I had and the, the spotlight that they were in. And long story short, that kind of led me to 
working with some NFL guys, working with NBA guys. And then before you knew it, it was kind of like I was put on the map. When I mentioned your bio, I talked about how one of the clients that you have is Dwight Howard, NBA superstar. And something that Dwight has said about you, Jay, is he said, Jay is one of the smartest and best trainers in the world. He's reliable and really concentrates on making you a better person, not just physically, but mentally as well. He will push you to break your limits. And that's a great testimonial, if you will, from Dwight. But I just love the story of how you came to work with Dwight. So can you share with our listeners here how that whole thing came to be? Yes, for me, for sure. So I was 25 years old at the time. This was in 2015. And up and coming trainer. I didn't have too many clients at the time. And you know, Dwight had posted something on his social media that said, I'm going to be handing out cupcakes at this facility Thursday at 9 a.m. And I looked, I happened to look at my schedule. I had no client schedule for that day and time. And so I, I took a chance and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go and, and try to get in front of Dwight Howard for two reasons. Number one, he just seemed like a more approachable superstar in the league. And number two, I knew that the year before in the playoffs, he had actually hurt his knee. And I knew that he was still recovering from it. So I, that's kind of my specialty is uh, treating knee pain or low back pain. And Dwight had both. And I knew that. So I took a chance. I showed up at the cupcake shop. I waited in line for a little over two hours and finally got in front of him. And everybody else in line was there to take a picture and with Dwight Howard and be handed a cupcake by him. And I kind of was there to ask him about his health. And he was kind of taken aback by that. I said, well, we made eye contact. I said, how's your knee? And he said, it's, it's good, but he kind of made a face, so I knew it wasn't. And he just happened to have his manager on site at the time, and I talked to his manager. And from there, it was kind of like a constant communication between his manager and myself. And three months later, I got a call. I was coaching a boys' basketball game, and I got a call from his manager and said, hey, you know, big fellow wants to take you to Miami and uh, Las Vegas. And if he likes what you're doing, then he's talking about Dubai and China. How are you in? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I've been bugging you guys for three months for this opportunity. I'll do whatever I have to do to make sure I make it. First of all, I really love that story because as my listeners know, I always talk about how it's important. You have to suit up, you have to show up and you have to move the ball. And so a big part of being able to move the ball is showing up the right way, but it's physically showing up two places to be able to make things happen, whether it's going to a location where the person you want to meet is handing out cupcakes or it's showing up to some other event or location so that you can connect with the right people. So you, you made this connection with Dwight and his manager. Three months later, you hear back about an opportunity. But how often were you in communication or reaching out to the manager? Because there's a line between being a pest, right, and being annoying and just being a professional and following up. And just staying relevant and letting them know that you're there. So how often did you communicate? Well, you're absolutely right. Like, you don't want to come across as annoying in this situation because then it's never going to come to fruition. And then you don't want to be too laid back where they forget about you. So it's absolutely a fine line. My favorite part of the story that I haven't even talked about yet was how I really got the respect of the manager. And I got a text from him saying, hey, I'm going to be with Dwight tonight. What time will you be up until so I can call you when I'm with you? And not many people know this story, but I actually had to be awake at 4.30 in the morning to wake up and start with clients the next day. And I told him, my response to the manager was, you can call me at any time. I'll be up. And you respond with something like that. Part of you is like, well, I wonder if this guy's even going to come through and actually call me. And sure enough, at 3 o'clock in the morning, I got a phone call from his manager. So I was sleeping. My phone was on loud. 
I got a phone call from him and said, hey, you know, I can't put Dwight on the phone because he's getting a haircut right now. Weird, right? Three o'clock in the morning, but he's getting his haircut. And he just went to ask me all this stuff. He said, hey, Dwight wants to know exactly what you would do with him. He wants to know who else you worked with. And he wants to know how long it would take for him for his need to start doing better. And so at three o'clock in the morning, I had this conversation with his manager. And I want to say it was less than two weeks after that. It was a done deal. Wow. Well, something I like about that story or that part of the story is it's making yourself available. You just have to make yourself available when if you're trying to reach somebody that's important, like in this case with Dwight, I mean, you can't be like, oh, well, I'm going to bed at 10 o'clock. So call me before then. If you get to like, no, that's just, they're going to be like, okay, whatever. So you have to make yourself accessible and really show that you want it and that that potential client, prospect, whatever is important and they can reach out to you and that you will be of value to them or of service to them or available to them when they're able to connect with you. Absolutely. I mean, so this weekend, Robert Covington was in town and he has no business really being in town other than the guy that trains his dogs is in Houston and then I'm in Houston. And so he comes to town, he texts me on Friday and I'm working with him on Saturday morning. He tells me, because I have him on the table, we're doing some body work. And I said, man, Rob, your hips are jacked up. And he looks at me, he's like, why do you think I'm in Houston? And for me, that was a very humbling moment because he's the place for Portland, right? And camp starts two days later, but he decided to come to Houston to work with the guy that he trusts to get him ready for training camp. So going back to your point about being available, when he told me that, I looked at him, I said, hey, come back tonight. This is on a Saturday. I'm working on him at 10 a.m. I said, Rob, come back tonight at 6 o'clock. We'll do our lift. He said, okay. And then I said, I never worked on Sunday. And I said, look, come in tomorrow before you fly out as well. And we'll do our conditioning component. And so in a matter of 24 hours, I suck up three times. And again, it's just about making yourself available. Because I remember the days when I didn't have a guy of that status. And I never want to go back to that. Sure. And I think the other thing too, it's about good relationship building. It's about being there for the people when they need you to be. Like these guys are busy. You don't have to be a superstar to receive that treatment. And we should all treat people that way and be available for our business associates, our colleagues, our clients, because that's what's going to help you to move the ball and get you more clients. I talk with a lot of trainers. I talk with a lot of different business people. It's about the relationships that you build. That's what's really going to set you apart from other people. I mean, people will ask me, you know, Jen, I want to get into sports. And I'm like, well, just start networking. They're like, but I don't know anybody. And I'm like, you know what? There was a time when I didn't know anybody, but it was building relationships. And people were like, you should write a book. For a woman, you have no business being in sports, but you've somehow done it. And work with all these NFL guys and pro athletes. And you should write a book about how you've done it. And I'm like, look, it's simple. It's about building relationships with people. I don't care what business, what industry you're in. That's how you're going to be successful. Yeah. I mean, that old saying, your network is your network or your network is your network. <laughs> Either way you put it, it makes sense, right? So I think that's very important to understand and, and accept because if you don't have that, listen, we all think that people know us. We all think that more people should know us, but until we really get out there, nobody knows us. Right. And you just never know what person in your network is going to bring you that next big client. 
as well. I mean, I'll get people that reach out to me like, hey, you know, really love the work that you did. And not just athletes, but executives that I work with as well. And they're like, hey, I want to send such and such over to have a conversation with you. And it's like, I appreciate that, right? Because that's a, a potential other client, but it's because of the service that you provide and the experience, but you just never know who is out there that can continue to help you grow your brand and bring you more clients. No, 100%. I look at everything. I'm, I'm very pessimistic in the way I view business and my business in general. It's kind of a bad thing. But one thing that it has helped me to do is understand that I look at business in the personal training world as pluses and minuses. And so if we do a great job with a client and they know other clients, well, then that's plus one, right? You got a plus one potential client lined up to come and work with you because the client you just finished with is going to go and tell their spouse or their friend or whatever about you. On the other hand, if you do a terrible job with that client, well, that's minus one. right? And I take it a step further. We say, okay, minus one client because we did a great job. Now they're not going to vouch for you to their spouse or friend. right? And now that spouse or friend that is not coming in, they're not even vouching for you because they don't experience what you have to provide. So I always look at things in terms of pluses and minuses, and we always say, okay, plus one is always a good thing. I care so much about the ones that are coming into us, but I almost care more when I get, you know, I think about why are people not coming to us? Because if you can answer that question, then you can solve the issue and actually flip the script and have more people coming in. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. Why aren't people coming to you versus just looking at these people are coming, but to really continue to grow is reframing it and rethinking about it and seeing how you can solve that problem is a great way to look at it. So I really like you sharing that with us. Another thing that I know is important to you is, which is also important to me is mental health and making sure that I think it's great that in society now we've kind of morphed and culture has been more accepting about mental health and it's been okay for people to talk about it more, which is great. Whereas five years ago, 10 years ago, that was not something people really opened up about. So share with us, I know that you've had some recent additions to your family and you're trying to balance your career, your business as an entrepreneur, which you know is a 24-7 type of a job. So share with us, how are you dealing with everything from a mental standpoint and kind of as you've had mental health challenges, anxiety, depression, how have you handled that and your business? Well, when I was 18, I actually got diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. We don't know where it came from. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. You just kind of have to deal with it. I fought it you know, all through college. I saw a psychologist in college went through what's called cognitive behavioral therapy, which helped a lot. And it's one of those things that you have to learn how to cope with it instead of just hoping that it goes away. Recently, I've just kind of been thinking more and more, and it's kind of a bad thing, but I, I, I kind of think that you shouldn't have a conversation on mental health with people that don't really understand mental health issues. I don't wish this upon my worst enemy. It's that bad at that time. Most people that I've personally gone through it, it's very hard to get them to see what you're thinking and what you're feeling. I mean, people they say all the time, Jay, you know, you've got a great family, you've got a great job, you're in the spotlight with your pros, you're doing what you love to do. It doesn't make sense that you would be suffering from any kind of anxiety or depression. I wish that were the case too. It's just no way for me to pinpoint why you feel certain things or why the issues come up. But I think one of the big components, because that was actually good for a few years after college, and I got married to my wife who's great. We got our first son three years ago. 
when he was born, I remember going slipping into a little bit of depression because it was a difficult time for me to balance a up and coming business as well as a new addition to my family. And I was so in love with my son that I felt like any minute that I spent away from him was impacting negatively my relationship with him. And so I remember slipping into a little bit of depression thinking about that. And it wasn't until somebody told me, you know, every session that you do is for your son. And I took that and I ran with it and I was good. And I was good all the way till earlier this year. And I think it has a lot to do with our COVID year. Very stressful. We opened our, our facility on March 2nd. 2020 and Texas was shut down on March 16, 2020. And so we're a brand new facility, very stressed out. But at the time, you don't think about anything except we got to make it. We went through the entire COVID year and we made it through in the green. My wife became pregnant again. And my second son was born in May of this year, 2021. Well, we work with mostly NBA guys. And so you throw in a new baby born in May. Now your life has changed all over again. On uh, top of that, we're going into the busiest time of year for our business. And so everything came back full force. And, you know, it's we're talking, it's almost October, and I'm still kind of dealing with some of the feelings of depression, anxiety, and all that. And I'm doing a lot of therapy to kind of get over it. It's one of those things that people don't talk about enough. Again, there's no way to pinpoint where it comes from. And the only thing that we can do is try to our best to help educate people that haven't had any experience with it. Absolutely. And I really appreciate you being willing to share that because one, it takes a lot of courage to share that, to be vulnerable and open up about things such as mental health. And two, I, I think it's important for everyone listening to be thinking about, A, are you making sure that your mental health is sound and are you prioritizing your mental health over other things? And secondly, and I think everybody knows this, but just because somebody looks like they're doing well doesn't necessarily mean that mentally they're okay all the time. So I think it's also important for us to make sure that we're checking in on people to make sure that they're doing okay and just being a lending ear or resource or helping them to get the resources that they need so that they can have strong mental health and, and take care of any issues or resolve anything that they may be going through. I say it all the time, Jen, you can't see somebody's brain. So when we're talking to somebody, you don't know what they're thinking, you don't know what they've gone through, and you don't know what they may go through in the future or what they came out of. And so the only thing that we can really do is try our best to treat people with respect because at the end of the day, you could be the reason that somebody turns the page and does something completely negative or completely positive, depending on how you treat them. Yeah, I'll just say that there's an image that I saw it was in a Starbucks. It was a chalkboard or a small little mini board. It was like, always be kind to people because you never know who is trying their hardest. Or It was basically, I don't remember exactly what it said verbatim, but it was like, you never know who's trying their hardest to not fall apart today. So always be kind. You just never know. And I remember I was traveling quite a bit over the summer and I was tired and it was like 5 a.m. I was in the Delta Sky Club or the Admirals Club, I think, one of the two. I think I was in Dallas and I was just a mess. I was so sleepy because I'd just been go, go, go. And like I was trying to grab some breakfast items and like I'm dropping fruits, grapes are rolling and people are just staring at me. And I like I was on the verge of tears because I was just like, this is just not working out well. And this guy came up to me and I was like, I'm so sorry, I'm in your way. He's like, you know what? He's like, take your time. And he was the nicest person. And I was just like, that is what I needed to literally not fall apart. 
that day. So, I mean, we all have those days. And so, I mean, we should, it's just a good reminder for people to be kind. You can't see someone's brain. You don't know what they're going through and your kindness can be the difference for them. Absolutely. It's been huge for me this year alone because I've had more bad days than good this year. For my clients to be there for me, for my family to be there for me and my friends that have kept me sane as best as possible. And it gives you hope, right? You see a little light at the end of the tunnel that says, okay, maybe I am going to get through this. Absolutely. So thank you so much for bringing that into the conversation because I do think mental health is an important topic that we always need to be thinking about and thinking about how, going back to the showing up, how are you showing up to each day and what kind of energy are you putting out there? Are you putting out positivity that helps people to stay in a positive state? Are you contributing to the negativity and the noise? So that's something that I would challenge people that are listening to really think about how are you showing up and what kind of energy are you putting out there? So Jay, what I want to do now to close our show is I want to run you through my two minute drill and just ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. My first question is when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a pediatrician. Oh, very nice. Next question is who would play you in a movie about your life? You know, we're getting off the topic of mental health and I would say, because you know, he's gone through it. Keanu Reeves. That's a great choice. My next question is, what is your favorite vacation spot? Greece, hands out. Nice. What is your favorite ice cream flavor? Mint chocolate chip. You knew that one right away. Next question is, what is a pet peeve of yours? My biggest pet peeve is when somebody says they're going to do something and they don't do it. Because mm. at that point, it's your word, not mine. Right. Next question is, what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? It's funny, I, I get in these moods or zones where I, I read a lot and then I don't read at all. I don't listen to many podcasts, but the book that I just finished is by Jay Shetty called Think Like a Monk. Jay's great. I love his content. Yeah, amazing. My last question is you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? I would go with Kobe Bryant, Steve Jobs. Both of those guys are in their mindset, right? Kobe on the mindset on when it comes to competitiveness in, in sport. Steve on the mindset when it comes to competitiveness and success in business. Both of those guys had their own very public issues as well, right? So Steve had the cancer. Kobe had the affair issue that was very public. And to see how they both came out of that or dealt with those two things. And then I got to throw a woman in there. And I'm just really curious. You hear about Prince Harry and his mental health stuff after his mom died. So I would want to know what the mindset was when Princess Diana was still alive in England. Hmm. It's a great choice. Interesting. No one's ever asked, mentioned that before. So I appreciate the different answer. <laughs> so Jay, as we look to close the show, let people know where can they follow you? Where are you at on social media? Super easy. Our website is www.stfhouston.com. Same Instagram handle, stfhouston. Unless I know you personally, don't request to follow my personal page, which is Satari JB. It's all family pictures on there. <laughs> Pretty private with my family. But Obviously, our business page is public and we don't have a Twitter or anything like that. We just, everything that we do is on social media or on social media is on Instagram. Okay, perfect. We'll be sure to have that in the show notes as well so people can follow you. Jay, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me, Jen. I have fun. And thanks to everyone for listening and we will catch you next time. If you liked today's episode, please share it with someone who you think would find the show to be of value. And if you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that way you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening and we will talk to you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. 
To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.